Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Shout out to everyone hanging out with us, giving us good content, good feedback. Man, Tyler says, how about Rogers to Nashville? So we pull, quickly pull up this contract, four years, 118 total, yep. 91 guaranteed. Whoa. And he's making about $30 million a year. Thir- Who? I mean, it's Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. Think about what Josh just said. Ryan Tannehill is making almost thirty million a year for what he just did, while carrying a cap hit of thirty-eight million. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. He can't. They gave him ninety-one million. Yeah, it says a uh, potential out in twenty twenty-three. There would only be about a little under nineteen million dollar cap hit after twenty twenty-three. So, I mean. I don't think he's going anywhere. They gave him man. I'm t- that's just crazy. It's just crazy to me that that he got paid that much on very. I'm not going to say not that great of production, but we didn't know if it was due to him, due to the great run game. We didn't know this was the first year you saw him without his his uh, offensive coordinator. Yep. Now we find out who he is, but now you see. Fifty-seven million guaranteed first year. Then now they still got to give him another eighteen, plus the twenty signing bonus. It's so funny how we judge him though, based off of one game yesterday. You know what I mean? Like we we put so much stock in that. And this year his regular season was not great: thirty-seven hundred yards, twenty-one touchdowns uh, passing, and fourteen interceptions. That that's not a great ratio. But I think you know the twenty twenty year. Let's see. Yeah, that he was better that year. So it was that regular season from last year that we were like, oh, wow. And, I mean, he didn't have Derrick Henry for a big chunk of the season. They still finished as the one seed. I think you ask yourself like this, has the ceiling been reached? Like, yes. Yeah, right? You answer it right there. It's simple. It's been reached because we've seen who Tannehill can be in his great moments, his bad moments. Has the, the ceiling been reached as a team as a whole? Yes. They got the number one seed. In all reality, if there was no restrictions on Henry yesterday, supposedly, right? Still 20 touches. Yeah, and Foreman had a big run. When are they going to be in a better situation than when they had to, than they had yesterday? Like, when are the Titans going to be in a better situation than they were yesterday? Number one seed. You could even say Henry was a little rested. Yeah. They make that run, and Henry, supposedly he was no restrictions, right? I'm, I'm using someone else's words. That's what was reported. He got 20 carries, no restrictions, fresh legs. When are they ever going to be better than this? I don't think they can be. This is They had Brown. They tried to get him Julio, although he wasn't there. But when are they going to be better than this? Ryan Tannehill has reached his ceiling. That, that, was, their, that was their chance. You had a home game for a chance to go to the AFC Championship game against the Bengals, that, I mean, a second-year quarterback who were only kicking field goals all day. An experienced team against an inexperienced team. That Titans team could say, we're the ones that took Brady out of, we're the ones that got Brady to, to leave. Mm-hmm. We did Brady so dirty that he left. And then this is what you do? A lot goes down, though, on Vrabel. Uh, yesterday, 
two coaches that were in the coach of the year conversation. Lafleur, which I'm not sure if we throw that game on him or not. Vrabel, I'm throwing a lot of that game on him, man. He had a lot of bad little situations, man. He 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 being the number one seed, being the experienced team, a lot should have been different. And Tannehill, I mean, again, I guess you can't do much about your quarterback throwing three picks. No, and we were right. He did get paid based off of 2020. I thought so. He had 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions in 2020. You know, his other, the rest of his career, he's never had more than 27 passing touchdowns. So that was the outlier. And that was the year they beat the Patriots, right? Yeah, two years ago in the playoffs. That's the year they, they Brady in. That was Brady's last year in 20. Then 21 was the Bucks, and then 22 Bucks. Yeah, that's exactly how it went. If I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure if that was 2019 or 2020, but either way, the point being that was his that, that was his moment, and that's what got him paid uh, eventually. And you just can't expect him to live up to that again. But you got to think the window's closing for them too, because Derrick Henry's not getting any younger. You know, I, I know he's a great player, but we've seen the first signs of him breaking down with him getting hurt this year, and that stuff's just going to increase as running backs get older. That that's how that works. Going back to that, that was, I guess, we consider the 19th season because it was January 2020. Gotcha. So it's still then. But, yeah, if you look at that game, 184 yards for Derrick Henry. I mean, there on you 34 carries. What what did Tannehill get paid for that game in the, in the biggest upset? He went 8 for 15 for 72 yards that game. Dude, it's going to be very <laughs> – you, you brought up Vrabel. I didn't love it when he went for two. No, uh, you know, instead of taking so early, that extra like, point, why? Right? Yeah, why? Getting too cute, I, you know, because they they got in the end zone so easily, you know, because wasn't it like a wildcat play where they put Tannehill to the top of the screen out wide, and then Henry just basically had nobody. He just ran right into the end zone. I think they thought, oh, it'll be that easy again, but no, you, you got stopped. And the Bengals got a little lucky too. Where remember Burrow had that bad sack that took him out of field goal range. And, but there was a delay of game, so it wiped that sack off the board, and then they were able to to get a field goal on that drive. So a few things kind of went the Bengals' way. Yeah, a, a, a lot did. But don't get me wrong; it it just it, that's just what takes to win playoff games. But it seems like a lot of the things that went the Bengals' way, a lot was in Vrabel's hands. As far as okay, like you said, that was the first thing that came to mind. So then, once you ran that play, the 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 probability of that play then you need to run something very similar to that whenever you're in third and one, knowing that you're in four down territory, no matter what, on the 35-yard line, third and one, fourth quarter, like six minutes left. Then you need to run that same play twice again. If if you're analytics, <laughs> RIP Cully, if your analytics tell you, man, if you run this play, this is our percentage, then I'm not running. What does your analytics tell you? That RPO out of the shotgun where Tannehill's going to get you. See what I'm saying? Like, run it again with Henry. Run it on third down, run on fourth down. That way, if we go 0 for 3, then you say, well, you know what? Then the analytics didn't work. It just yeah. wasn't the same thing. And I just, some people were, were on, on, took to Twitter to say that maybe they should have let Foreman run the ball more. He seemed like he had a little more, more juice in his step. Uh, I'm not sure how much, but it seems like Henry, they were both getting, progress before even getting contact they were getting yards before yeah, contact they're grabbing five six yards on every play it just seemed like whenever foreman was there he had that extra like uh let, let me juke and i could hit the second level yep whenever you saw foreman it's like man he can get the second level and a few of them you're like man he's about to bust it with henry it was just like oh man you're in trouble he's gonna he's gonna you're gonna get on him he's gonna go down for three yards it didn't seem like he ever got 
whenever you see Henry hits, he hits the hole, and then when he gets to that acceleration, it's like a freight train. Yes, and he get it's like it's like a freight train that picks up speed. Once he hits top speed, it's a see ya. It's like Jadavion Clowney running a four four forty and trying to tackle him. Exactly. You know Once I mean? you get to that yeah. top speed, he doesn't let go. You've seen him run eighty yard touchdowns. Big guys like that, they usually run fifty forty, and then they start slowing down. He's like a train. He he picks up picks up, and once he hit that speed, he ain't coming down. Foreman is acceleration. You saw the acceleration yesterday. He was hitting it, and he was making that second level of defense. Uh, where are we going now? Again, I just don't know what to make it for a whole game. Uh, I know a lot falls on Vrabel going to that first play, like you said, the uh, the uh, the third down and fourth down, and then just. I'm not throwing that ball like that with, with Tannehill with that. like. And don't get me wrong, that's Tannehill's throw, his read he made, but still I'm playing it super conservative there. Just Tannehill, man, I just 119 million man or whatever we said, just 91 million in his account. Imagine that, Cully and, and Ryan Tannehill at a bar talking about investments. <laughs> they better be buying us a round. A round of, of, yeah. of everything. I want the whole thing. <laughs> no doubt, man. It's you know, we're up against it. But on the other side, quickly, I would like to talk about what we're hearing with the Texans coaching search. And this guy that they interviewed who has absolutely no experience, and we're hearing that he might actually be the Texans' next head coach. So we need to get to that on the other side as well. We'll tell you who that guy that Josh speaks of is next. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Real fun sports On ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Big Ben walks into a gas station right now. He goes to get the tall boy from the from the ice. Yep. What does he go for? Miller High Life? Maybe the Beast? Maybe a Natty Light, perhaps? Keystone? No Keystone. bitter beer face? <laughs> you out there listening, what does Big Ben go for? He... He might look like a. He looks like a Budweiser man based on his physique. He's about to go. He's about to go black and mild in there. And just, yes. I, he's in there. Big Ben's the guy in there playing slot machine in the gas station. Won't let me get to the cooler. Looking at me like I'm the drunk. Whenever I'm like, hey, I need to get to that beer, and they're looking at you like, drinking at three o'clock p.m. Yeah, and you're playing slots in the gas station. What are you doing with your life, Ben? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Lamont says he was listening to Titans fans' feedback last night, and they said Tannehill dead cap money is fifty four. Exactly. Ooh. There's no getting around that. <laughs> no, that's what, in a cute world in a in a in a video game. I'm playing Madden World. Yeah, Tannehill's gone. I'm waking up today with moves. I'm bringing in Minshew. <laughs> Why not? In a, right, but but in this world where you made a mistake and paid him. Like we we just broke it down to you. We're talking real football on this show. You know we, that's what we do here. Think about it. We went back to the year where they beat the Patriots. They went to the AC title game, but then you go to that box score and you realize that he only threw fifteen passes, completed eight for seventy two yards. 
Brady's leading receiver was James White with 62 yards. So it wasn't a matter of Tannehill went out there and diced him. It was a matter of Derrick Henry got Tannehill paid. That is exactly what happened in this situation. Mm -hmm. That's when he was running it 36 times. So whenever you have that and teams have to start stacking the boxes because they know that he's going to run it over 30 times, his over-under was set. Remember one time with the Texans? It was like, I was like, man, I'm going to bet Henry today. It was like 128 no, It was something. like no, 150 or something. Remember? Because it was like the record was at, at stake. They were like, well, he run for 200. Oh, that's right. I thought I was going to be cute. Like, yeah, he's going to run for at least a buck 20 or something. And like, do you do? Will he get 155? You know? And it's always against the Texans. Yeah. You know, Derrick Henry, Peyton Manning breaking the passing touch. It's always against the Texans. Uh, or on primetime. Texans on primetime as well. Rodgers will come here and yes. throw about five touchdowns and a half. It's just bad situation. Again, you talking about the Texans, though, you teased. I did. The good times are back. <laughs> you said it. Let them have it. You won't. It's, it's the big Jack Easterby thing, right? Like, I was kind of starting to be like, Okay, let's. He's not going anywhere, so let's just ignore him. You know what I mean? And then Nick Casario came out and talked about Jack Easterby this week, and he said, you know, Jack's been a punching bag. I think some of the stuff that people have blamed on him has been unfair, and that he doesn't have anything to do with personnel. That's that's all me. I make the football decisions. I make the personnel decisions. But if he's just talking about the players, I don't know if I buy it. But let's just say, okay, fine. He, only Casario is picking the players. But what about the coach? If you think Jack Easterby is not giving his opinion on who the new head coach should be and that he's in that room, Cal Casario, giving his influence, you're wrong. Because now we're hearing that Jack Easterby, according to John McClain, Jack Easterby and Josh McCown are close friends. Josh McCown has never been a pro or college coordinator or coach, anything like that. He is now interviewed for the head coaching job for the second straight year. What's what's his resume look like? Yeah, it's an empty piece of paper. Can I interest you in an empty piece of paper is my resume? It looks like my bets yesterday. Empty. (laughs) Empty. Well, it has one line on the resume. Lose. I'm friends (laughs) with Jack Easterby. That's what it says on his resume. I'm friends with Jack. So I think we're having a situation here where – Jack's trying to get his buddy hired. And I get it. What's the point of having a great, powerful job if you can't get your friends a job, right? That's one of the benefits of of doing something like that. But with Casario, like, dude, seriously? You're considering interviewing and hiring a guy that's never coached before. And how did it work with David Culley? Never been a coordinator in his entire career. You hire him, and you had to fire him after one season because you told him to let the Patriots score, and he said that didn't compute. You're giving him the answers to the test, and he's still getting stuff wrong. So you had to fire him. And then your move to fix that is to possibly hire somebody that's, like, let him earn it as a coordinator first. I mean, this is crazy. And then I think it was Mike Florio that said the Texans are hoping that another team will interview Josh McCown so that the Texans won't look crazy for considering it. And now we saw earlier this week, I think it was Aaron Wilson said that McCown met with the Jaguars. He didn't say it was an interview, but he said he met with the Jaguars. Now they can point and say, hey, Cal, look, the Jaguars are talking to him. He must not be a terrible option for us. Uh, This is all the faith that I started having in Casario and the Texans that, hey, Davis Mills looked like a decent draft pick. You know, nobody saw that coming. Hey, you know, Lopez and, you know, some of these other draft picks have been pretty good for Casario. Maybe they're starting to figure this thing out. All that faith now is going out the window 
if they hire a guy that's never even been a coordinator before? Steps. Yeah. It reminds me of an old friend of mine. He got hired at Chuck E. Cheese mm-hmm. when they served beer. <laughs> Back in the day, Chuck E. used to serve beer. Yes. That's, that's how I'm dating myself. They hired him. Instead of making him like the token boy, something, they let him be the, the, the mouse, the rat. Well, my friend decides to drink because he, he got hired because his friends, our, our friends worked there. Mm-hmm. So they had the ends on the, on the kegs in the back. They would tap him in the back. They would drink straight out the kegs. <laughs> Keg stands back there? Bro, I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, that's exactly what was going back down there at Chuck E. Cheese on Bay Area. Either way, they gave him the suit. He was drunk on his first day and acted a fool. Uh-huh. That's what's happening here. You get you gave him too you give him too much responsibility. Mm-hmm. Foolish things are going to happen. Needless to say, my friend was fired on his first day. <laughs> you get fired on your first day. It's like Craig getting fired on his day off. He drank so much, he basically went outside and started smoking a cigarette and break and still in costume. <laughs> Instead of taking off the costume on break, he thought it'd be like, I'm just going to take off this mess and just, <laughs> just, just break the fourth wall. Puff on this yeah. heater <laughs> in front He's, of these kids. Imagine you're at, you're rolling up to Chucky and you see your kid sees Chucky with a with a, a, a 100 red. Or, you know, just a, a, a 100 just ash like we always say, mm. the ash not falling off. My friend's sitting there fired. And that's what's going to happen here. It's a disaster yeah. waiting to happen. You can't just give them the whole... Just this particular situation that we got with the Texans. I need a few things. I need someone that's got marbles. Mm-hmm. I need someone that's got a little bit of experience. And I need, I guess at least let's start with those. Mm-hmm. With Cully, it was neither. Neither. It was no experience, and I'm a yes man. Eventually, when it became, you know what? I'm not going to be this yes man. I'm going to start doing it like this. Then there, you saw what happened. Backlash came out. Players started fighting back. Star players, for if you want to call them that, the best players, let's say, on the team. Not even star. And that's what you get. Why are you going to bring an inexperienced guy in here to, to what, what can you possibly expect out of this situation with the situation you're putting him in? Yeah, how can you have any expectation that – he has a, a fighting chance at, at having success. And my point is, is McCown may actually turn out to be a great coach. We don't know. But don't you want him to at least hold a job as a coordinator and see how he does with that first? And keep in mind, there's been conflicting reports, but one of the main reports, the Texans are still on the hook for $22 million of Cully's contract. How do you look at Cal McNair and be like, yeah, sorry about that. We paid a guy with no experience. $22 million because we gave him a four- or five-year deal, and then we're going to turn around and hire another guy with no experience? Like, how can you, with a straight face, propose that to somebody? And that's why when some when we try to paint out what was the objective with Cully, was, was he a stepping stone, really? Was he just a placeholder? Not for that much. No. You don't hook yourself for that much. So they actually really expected he's not just going to be a placeholder. If not, he wouldn't be owed that much money. Exactly. That means things went south that bad. That means that the decision you made went south that bad. And that, remember, they interviewed Jim Caldwell, who actually had experience as a head coach. And he sat in all those meetings. And out of all those meetings, Casario went, we're going to hire David Cully. 
Jim Caldwell's been in a lot of organizations, mm-hmm. though, and he wasn't going to allow this. That's why when 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 teams have come over here or players leave here, that what what have they said about this organization that it's that it's a mess? And a mini Hugh came out you know, last week and said it. Hey, it, you know they were like, "What's it different about being with the Niners?" And he's like, "It's not a clown show. It's not people fighting for power and a, a bunch of nut jobs." And that's the way people view the Texans. Good luck getting free agents to want to come here. Now I'm. I've gotten to the point where I'm at little store and little store manager and employees keep messing my sandwich up and I'm pissed. And I'm I'm like, man, I need to talk to your manager. I need to talk. To, I'm past Easter bean level now. If let's get serious, like it comes down to who's running. It comes, it goes down to the, or, or it goes up to the very top. Mm-hmm. We're past this. Like at one point, it was O'Brien. Man, we only hear it's it's not national media. The national media cut on, uh, caught on, and boom. Then at first it was Easterby. Now national media's cut on. There's a video of him and McDaniel's hugging each other like pregame, and it's not just a it's a, that's a bro hug. Like it's like the leave my hand on your back, and we're looking at each other and saying something else and whisper a little something. That's terrifying. That Easterby's plugged in with these guys. That they like him. Yes. So with that being said. If you're the owner of that sandwich shop that keeps messing up Bo's sandwich and, and, and now he's not coming in and the money liners ain't going and everyone's hearing about it and now it's made news, it goes down to, man, I'm tired of talking about Easter Bay. Shots need to be thrown up top. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's it. Shots need to be thrown up top. Now, for the first year, can we say Texans fan finally went ahead and fulfilled what they were saying that we're not going to buy tickets or we're going to show up? Yes. And I'm damn proud of you right now, Texas fan. If you're out there listening to to, to season ticket holder guy that didn't renew to whatever it was, that person that just said, man, I'm not even going. It cost me more money to go in there and spin on these clowns. If you're that person, then that was the first step. But the shots need to be thrown, not at Easterby anymore, because that's we can't do anything about that. The manager's never going to fire. They're never going to fire my friend, the Chucky, mm-hmm. until Chucky gets him. I want to talk to Chucky. And I want to tell Chucky, I need to tell the McNairs, hey, what's going on here? We've supported this for so long. At what point does it stop? At what point? How many times are you going to keep paying people to go away? You know, Bill O'Brien and Brian Gain was fired. And it's just, this is never going to get fixed. I, and I was really just resolute, like, Easterby's not going anywhere. I just have to get over this. And Casario seems to know what he's doing, and I like him. But, you know, now it looks like, He's influenced by Easterby, and I don't know how they fixed this. And the fact that they screwed up the first coaching hire. and It's the formula, right, Jerry? They fired O'Brien after four games. What's the benefit of being the first team to fire your coach? You're first on the list to hire the next head coach, right? When did the Texans hire David Culley? They were the last franchise to hire a coach. So you had an opening first, and but you were the last to fill it. That doesn't make any sense. It's like going to the bar and getting the last girl. Yes. Like, what is left here? Yeah. They do the last call. The lights come on. It's 2 o'clock. You know that you can drink till about 2.07 mm-hmm. before somebody comes over and then they go, last call. At that point, you're looking around and you're making your moves. Before they walk out, before the crowd of the honeys walk out, you're being, you're making your selection. You don't wait till they all walk out, and then you're saying at 207 when they're like really kicking you out. Then you're mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm gonna take home the tamale lady. Yeah, you you don't wait for every chick to pair off with some random dude 
You got any tamales? You got to get in there or at least talk to the tamale chick early on. She's like, no, I'm out. That's not what I was asking. Do you got any tamale? Where's the chick with the flowers? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's her sister. And you're like, well, I guess I won for waiting. And that's what the Texans happened. They ended up getting the tamale and the the flower lady. That's what they got. And that's what you learn here. How to um, rationalize when the bar closes on Moneyline. ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5 This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5 And on ESPN 92.5 Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Good morning once again, Moneyliners. I say it like that because we are hitting everywhere. Bayern Munich, two goals at halftime. We have that two over, uh, over two and a half team total. Almost there. Roma Empoli for my uh, private players. Roma just scored a second goal. What do you? Uh, what else do you want? It's a bounce back Sunday on ESPN 97.5. My man Josh Jordan at Josh Jordan 97.5. My man Sean Mapes behind the glass keeping us in check. We only got two segments left. We saved the best for last. And if you feel the same way, let us know. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975. Bills versus Chiefs. Go, let's get down. Let's get into this one right here. Let me give you this. Can I interest you in the stat line for these two quarterbacks from last week's game? Patrick Mahomes, 404 passing yards, five touchdowns. One five. Pick, five. Over 400 yards, five touchdowns. That's a pretty good game. What about that Josh Allen guy? How'd he do last week? Well, he did 308 yards passing, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Jerry, I I have a slight inkling that we might see some points in this game. What do you think? Let's start right there. Why is this total only 54? That's inter- I mean, that's it's still a lot more than the other game this week. The 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 Tampa game, that one's that one's lower. That uh- one's I was sure that I was going to see 57. 57. Wow, because it's 48 for the, the Tampa game, 54 for this Buffalo Chiefs game. I don't know. what. Why do you think it's 54? With the blueprint that the Bills laid out, supposedly whenever we saw Mahomes vulnerable, let's call it vulnerable Mahomes, we saw it come at the, at the hands of the Bills. They showed the blueprint. They said, hey, keep everything in front. We've got to get an offense that that we can score when at will when we think we want to need to score. We can also slow this game down and take the air out the ball whenever we feel necessary. I think that that a lot has to do with this. My question is: Is this the same Chiefs team that you had before in those situations? Do the Chiefs make enough improvements from the last few times? Because even when they ended up beating the Bills in the playoffs the, the previous time, the Bills had a ten point lead on them. Mm. It's funny you say that about the total because when the Bills and the Chiefs played each other in October, 58 was the number. 58? Yeah. What did it end at? Yeah, it, that was the final. It was 30, 38-20 Buffalo. Oh, okay. That was the final thing you yeah. meant. That was the pregame yeah. over-under. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm just telling you it's interesting that you thought 58 might be a closer total because the last time they played, the total was 58. And that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just – you ask yourself – how do the Chiefs approach this, this game to not put themselves in the predicament where the offense was struggling and then you got Mahomes moving or uh, uh, Allen moving the ball at will? 
I think in this situation, they're going to do this, the underneath. They're going to use a lot of underneath stuff. They're going to go ahead and bleed it, which leads me to a lot of Kelsey yards. I think mm-hmm. they're going to let Kelsey move it. Or don't beat us over the top. There's not going to be no hill beating us over the top. But at the same time, I think that the Chiefs are in a rhythm right now that the Chiefs are going to be able to move that ball and, and score. And I don't know the, the, that the Bills are going to be stopped either. Yeah, and I don't see the Chiefs being held to 20 points today. Like, I think they're going to score more points for sure. What about... Josh Allen running the ball was a huge factor for their success last week. Do you think we see more of that today? I told you I can't give you the game picks. Jerry Bow Sports, get him there. But every time that he says a prop that I'm giving out, I'm over on Josh Allen uh, rush yards. Uh, and now, if you're betting it this morning because you woke up hang- hungover, you missed the number. I mean, it's gone up like 16, 17, 18 yards throughout the week. Oof. So now when you catch it in that 50-something uh, yard range, it gets a little sketchy. Yeah, I'm running away from that. But if you look at who Josh Allen has been as of late, it's 66, 63, 81, 64. Mm. That's what he gets. It, but, I mean, KC's got to know that. You know, they're, they're going to be – but can they stop it? Because everybody knows it. The the Patriots the whole game knew it and they could not stop the bill. All right, let's talk to a KC fan right now. Todd, he's a KC fan. He wants to get up on money line. Can the Chiefs stop the run game of the Buffalo Bills? Well, there's one thing as, as somebody from Kansas City who had season tickets, who grew up going to games, I think the one thing that people don't forget about is playing at Arrowhead. If Josh Allen has to scramble because his players can't hear him and he's constantly changing the plays, it puts him at a disadvantage. Playing in Arrowhead is like playing nowhere else in the National Football League. No, he makes a great point. Arrowhead's one of the few places that I still give uh, home field advantage for. A lot of the home field advantage has faded to me, but what does home field advantage even mean in Green Bay? Yeah. You know, I did notice that even though Burrow and the Bengals won yesterday, it was definitely affecting them. Burrow was having some real issues, you know, hearing. And because they're on those silent snap counts, the Titans were just, you know, right on top of it. You know, they, they weren't able to get them off balance. They were they were timing the snap great, and that's why Burrow was just getting killed, but he still managed to pull off the victory. I think another, I think another route that we got to look at, though, here is this. We saw a lot of orange in that Tennessee Titans crowd. Yeah. Those fans got their tickets there. I don't know how many Packers fans gave up their tickets last night. I know Buffalo Bill fan is trying to travel to that game. Yes. The question is, is Todd still on hold right now? Todd, is KC fan selling their ticket? A a traditional KC fan like you, I know you're not, but I can't see that stadium and allowing that many Bills Mafia in there. Not for money. There'll be some, but here's the thing, and this is something that upsets me because I moved here 20 years ago, and I was like, hey, I get to be a Texans fan also because it's a new team. I'm not giving away any kind of, you know, it's not like I'm changing loyalty. So I root for the Texans if I'm not rooting for the Chiefs. And one thing, we had those 2-14 and seasons. We had those seasons when we were maybe winning four and five games, and there was still a seven, eight-year waiting list for season tickets. Yeah, People do not give up those tickets unless it's to someone in their family or another Chiefs fan. Thanks for the call this morning. Uh, 
Uh, good luck to you today. I know that your heart's got to be pounding through your chest, man. I'm with you. I uh, I like the the Chiefs yeah, no, overall, after man. Those upsets yesterday. I, that's the only thing that makes me nervous is watching those upsets yesterday. Hey, t- Todd, do you have a prediction for the the score or or how this one will shake out between the Bills and the Chiefs? I agree with you guys that it's going to be a high scoring game, and I think you're looking at forty one thirty eight. Okay. Chiefs win. 41-38. There you have it. 41-38 from a KC fan. He's talking about a real KC fan. One of the old school ones. Yeah. And to his point, Arrowhead is still Arrowhead. There's certain there's certain stadiums when you walk in. But then there's also certain people that play with no conscience. And earlier you said you compared Joe Burrow to some big names. Yes. Josh Allen seems like one of those guys to me. Josh Allen he doesn't get going until you hit him hard. Like you see, Allen, he's laying the wood on the on the tackler. Like whenever he makes impact, whenever that impact's made, both people hurt. And I think Allen's one of those that likes to get hit to get cooking. As a Bills fan, you hold your breath. You say, "Oh my God!" But he gets up. That's just how he's built. That game is going to be fantastic. And as a football fan, just think about what you have on your plate. You have Brady, maybe on his last leg against Stafford. And that team that tried to buy their way into the Super Bowl and pick up key pieces against uh, or, or uh, as the intro to Josh Allen versus Mahomes under the lights in Arrowhead. Boy, if you don't love football and that doesn't get you going, I don't know what else to tell you other than Roma just scored. Now it's 4-0. You just cast another ticket. Jerry, forget football. It's football here on Moneyline ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5. I sit alone in my four-cornered room staring at candles. Who got me? Real radio dude? Yeah. Oh, all right. Let's this here. Headlight, I can't sleep. I toss it, turn. Candlesticks in the dark. Visions of bodies being burned. Four walls closing in, getting bigger. I'm paranoid, sleeping with my finger on the trigger. You're listening my to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, where it's hot. It's hot up in here, I'm telling you. Bayern Munich's about to bring home that max. Roma's already up 4-0, and it's the first half. And I've got more winners. I've got more winners to get to. Hopefully, you got winners in your pocket as well because two big games are on the plate today. Whenever you open up that plate, or uh, I guess you unveil whatever it is that you're trying to eat at 2 p.m. Weird, weird time, right? 2 p.m. Central Standard yeah. Time yeah. on a Sunday. It's usually at noon. It seems like you. Whenever I'd be, I mean, I like it. It gives me time to get settled and yeah. get some beers down. But uh, from an overall standpoint, man, I'm just, I'm just extremely excited. I got some big bets in my pocket that I need to hit today. Soccer started off fantastic today, so hopefully we could carry that in. Uh, to, where do I get your picks from, Ch- uh, Texas? Uh, uh, com, or you can hit me up on Twitter. I said one week, buy one week, get three free. And uh, it, it, and if you don't have Twitter, I actually uh, let me give you uh, the text number here, man. Every, I got a few people asking. If you want to go ahead and text me, 281-522-6336. That's the Jerry Bow. Uh, call it hotline. Well, app operators are on standby until he gets off of air at noon. <laughs> yes. Also, before I forget, I'm launching. If you guys like what I do, I'm launching a new show um, a Friday. It'll be Friday, this Friday. 
from 1 to 2 p.m. every single day. It'll start this Friday, though, and it'll go into the next week, and I'll just be talking a lot of gambling. Um, if you want more information, go to uh, my my Twitter, at Sports or uh, uh, my site. It's going to be a new site called We Bet. And I'm going to give out a lot of free picks, a lot of videos, a lot of everything. So go ahead and check me out this weekend um, or this Friday coming up. Yeah, absolutely do that, guys. Jerry's the best. Get signed up now. Help him get started. He's got a lot of cool stuff coming out. And, hey, stay tuned. We still got a lot more stuff to gamble on. And Jerry's not just a football better. This is year-round. So just because football season ends in a few weeks, it doesn't mean that the fun stops. And it doesn't mean the fun stops here either because if you don't know, is this show is built like two uh, – Two two buds just sitting around drinking drinking some beer on a you know on cooler talking about sports and when there's no sports what do you do with your bros you just you just talk about whatever whatever goes and that's what this basically turns into it'll be some picks and it'll be just happenings in the in the sports world so this doesn't stop here we I know I had a lot of questions last week like what do y'all do after football is it over no the fun keeps going on here we're gonna find you some winners any way we can and we're gonna keep having these guests that we've been having on we're gonna bring back dead presidents we're gonna bring back leader locks we're gonna bring back whoever we can to get you on the right side of things because before we get out of this show, dead presidents killed him. Oh, he, he, he had the Mike Evans anytime. Touchdown Niners. catch. Yes, Niners. He had Niners out right as he his did. play of the week. He did. He, I didn't have the balls. I, I took the points with Niners. He, but had, he had a money Rams. line. Yeah. I mean, he had them all. Like, he, he nailed them. Uh, he, uh, and, and honestly, both guys that we've had on have nailed their picks. They have. So hopefully we can keep bringing you some of the best experts around, I guess, the gambling Twitter social media world. But before we get out of there, anything – else from this game we got about six seven minutes anything you got from this game sean do you lean any way we're talking bills chiefs points uh do you think the chiefs can outright win is it too small of a spread where are you at i do think that the spread is it's almost in the fishy category of where i i'm personally so thrown off by it that it's it's minus two and a half to the Chiefs, and you'd think that the Chiefs would be favored on top of the built-in home field. Now it seems like home field's a little more de-emphasized, so it seems like this would be a pick if it weren't at Arrowhead, if it was a neutral field game. And I, I think that's not enough respect to Mahomes and the two-time defending AFC champions. You know, on this show traditionally, Jerry and I, if we can, well, really for the past couple of years, if we could get the Chiefs, for less than a touchdown, we've been firing on that. And this one, you you can get the Chiefs by less than a field goal. But, I mean, I guess you have to be scared off a little bit. I mean, the Bills looked amazing against the Patriots. So I, I kind of understand why the number is where it is. And that's, that's why I just took the points. I, I could see this game going either way. That was kind of my strategy yesterday was I was like, I could see this going either way. So I'm just going to take the points. And that worked out. But we know how gambling works. Usually if something works one day, it doesn't work the next day. So so have some caution there. Now, the question being, with what you said, on this show we usually do it with Brady and Mahomes. Today yeah. we get that situation. Mm-hmm. Trends are meant to be broken at one point. Or is it today? Or is it a matter of maybe one does and one does That's why today's games are so complex from so many areas because at the end of the day you ask yourself – Whenever you're punching a Rams ticket, man, am I really about to take Stafford against Brady? Right. And then if you're t- punching the Bucks ticket, you're, you're telling yourself, man, I don't have no weapons. How am I going to stop that opposite team? That's what but I got Brady, mm-hmm. and I got the experience, which is everything. Which is everything. On the other side, though, same thing you can say. 
experience a little more to the Chiefs side, obviously. They've been there and done it. Bills, though, they're always in big competitive games. They make their runs. It's not like they haven't been in big games. Maybe not there, but you think that for one for one moment that the Bills fear the Chiefs? They don't. No. They don't. That fear is gone. They figure it out in their heads. They think they got it figured out. Hey, we can, and this is without Tredavious White. Yeah, it, it is. It, I think a lot of it's good because we we're talking during the break. I, I like Devin Singletary, especially for DraftKings this week. There's uh, another one. Th- Josh is just... Josh is just pulling back the cover on all my uh, my player props. Devin Singletary over rush yards. I love it a lot. We're on the same page. We are. are. It's almost like we host a show together every week. It's almost like you know me, man. Yeah, but it's funny. We haven't talked about this at all. Not one bit. We have not. So we like a lot of the same plays this week. And Singletary's been coming on. You know, towards the end of the season, he's really taken on a bigger role, getting more rushing touchdowns. So definitely I like him for DraftKings this week. I think he's a good bargain. Anyone else from this game that you're looking for for our DFS heads? Because it's only the two uh, the two games, four teams. So it's real simple to be uh, just like everyone else. Most teams are going to have, especially like at the tight end position, it's either Kelsey or Gronk most. most. Yep. If you deviate from either of those, then you can maybe make up some ground. But then you ask yourself, how much ground do I need to make up or how much can I lose at that position? So maybe at tight end, you don't. You don't make your contrarian play. Maybe there you say, oh, I just need the highest score here. I don't matter what, um, how, how high of percentage he's on. Then you go to your receivers and you say, can I get some leverage there? I gave you Van Jefferson on one, not saying that I think that he's going to go off because obviously he's he's been terrible lately. But if everyone's going to be on cup and Odell Beckins became a fan favorite again, as far as DFS and you see him getting in the end zone, What's going to happen here? It's no one's going to be on Jefferson. Nobody. And if Jefferson could get loose against that secondary, then you're going to make a huge jump on the field. Same thing with the running backs. Where do you think the running backs land today as far as ownership? Do you think that it'll be the Singletary? Or or who ends up being the most owned running back, in other words? Oh, man. Singletary's been coming on, so that wouldn't surprise me. The thing with Tampa is – you know, Geo had a good game last week, but we hear Fournette's coming back this week. Remember, we had a caller last week talking about Le'Veon Bell and how he was at, he him. was asking us, "Hey, should I consider Bell?" No, no he used the word lock. He said, "Yeah." He said, his, "And that he's probably listening right now." First, don't use the word the L word, lock or love, like, and then don't. Uh, I mean, on on a. Just because someone else is going to get an opportunity, boom, they're plugged in. You see, he's not we even on the him. team anymore. But we warned him because we were like, be careful here because Geo's in the mix now. Keyshawn Vaughn's in the mix. So you don't know that Lev's going to get all those touches. And it turns out he didn't get a single touch. Mm. You know, so And that's why bringing that same logic to this week, I'm a little leery of uh, the Bucks' backfield because with Fournette coming back, I don't know how they're going to – you know, cut up these touches between because Vaughn Vaughn had 17 carries last week. Yeah, seventeen, that's the, and that's the one that we gave out was Vaughn. We were on Vaughn, and I was on uh, Gio Bernard, and he got in the end zone. He had 13 rushes. You know, and he also caught some passes too. What do you have? He caught five balls for 39 yards. So both Vaughn and Gio had good games for you. Whereas Lev Bell would have killed you last week. You know, someone that's sneaky that I can actually get into my lineup, Jarek McKinnon. Mm. I believe in a high-scoring yep. game, you're going to need a pass-catching back. 
I think that Jarek McKinnon's going to see some space, maybe in that red zone. I could just close my eyes and see it right now, like a, a little ball in the flat. Jarek McKinnon, the, the linebacker can't get to him. He gets the edge, touchdown, Chiefs. He had over. He rushed for over five yards a carry last week. Uh, Twelve for sixty-one. So th- that was obviously a big game for him. And he caught six balls for and eighty-one yards. That, that's that's twenty-one touches. I mean, now you're talking about a lot of touches from Jarek McKinnon in the open space. I just I like that a lot. And the more the more I talk it with you, man, the more I like it. Now, as far as optimizers, they're popping up a Lenny on everything. Yeah. Uh, but I just. I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm kind of scared. It's got it. Lenny, Singletary, McKinnon, then Cam Akers. Interesting on the Cam Akers, maybe because of the ownership's going to be pretty high on him and maybe for what he costs. But according to this, the highest owned running back on the DraftKings is going to be Fournette, then Singletary, then McKinnon, then Akers. As far as wide receivers, just to give you something while you build your lineup, they got it. Cups, Diggs, Hill, Evans, Gabriel Davis, and surprisingly, Byron Pringle as a sleeper. Mm. there's always one of those rando Chiefs receivers that does something. It's just hard to predict which guy it's going to be every week. And what do we make of Clyde edwards Lair? He's he's off the injury report, so you got to think he'll factor in carries as well. And especially between the tackles and in the in the in the red zone, and that's where it's it's a lot of question marks in these backfields, Tampa Chiefs. So then you can find leverage, and that's where you find leverage. Try to think opposite of what everyone else is thinking. If you're only playing five dollars to win two hundred thousand, mm-hmm. getting two hundredth place out of one hundred thirty thousand, that five that five dollars is going to pay you like seventeen dollars. You're not doing this to win twelve dollars. You're doing this for that big price. And if you're doing it for the big price, then that means you have to go the opposite way whenever they're going one way. And that's where you find your Brian Pingles, you find your Hardmans. One of those guys, one of those extra guys is one be uh, is going to be the one that go off. But right now, Josh has got to go off. You got to put your name on something. Oh man, I'm going to go with Tom, like I always do. Um, like I said, this is one of the times where I don't feel as great about it, so be warned. But I'm going with Brady and the Bucks minus two and a half. Sean Mays. The sides in both these games both terrify me. I think we've we've talked that out. And, and something y'all mentioned were the injuries along the uh, offensive lines in this first Rams Bucks game, and I like the uh, the under under 48 in this one just because these both these front sevens with Vita Vey, JPP. Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard, like it's going to be. I can see this being a struggle kind of game with all the weapons that Tom Brady's missing. Give me the under. Sean Mapes on the under. For me, I'm going to take you to Italy. AC Milan, Juventus. I think that game has goals. So I'm going to hit him with both teams to score and over two and a half, over two and a half and three goals. I think there's goals all over that game. Go ahead and get it over at uh, mybookie.ag. It's at 145. So it gives you a little something to watch, a little 15 minutes to sweat before you get into an NFL game. But we got to get out of here because we got to get to our houses so we can start the party. It's an NFL party. And I hope you enjoyed it here on Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. Signing off for the crew. That's Josh Jordan. That's Sean Mapes. And I'm Jerry Bo Sports. You can get my picks at jerrybowsports.com. Peace. This is ESPN 97.5. Real fun sports.